Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? What it is, what it do, what it be, you know who it is, Mr. Spears, a.k.a. the Sultan, a.k.a. Mr. Big Dick Daddy, a.k.a. the nigga. Uh, alongside me is the man, you know him, Lahine, nigga. <laughs> I'm Manny Shevitz. Who's Manny Shevitz? Manny Shevitz is a wine that Jewish it's a, it's a wine that Jewish people have in holidays. Right. But Manny is perfect for being Mexican. So So is you both. So I'm Manny Shevitz. There you go. I like it. Um welcome new listeners. As always, any questions, concerns, conversation starters, want to get some shit off your chest, email me, Aries Spears forty five at Hotmail. Hello Hits one on one. I know we haven't shouted you guys out in a minute. Are we even still playing with them? I don't know. Oh fuck so. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Steve, All right. Steve said they didn't download us last week, so they didn't download us. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh well, shit. We might have that bank might be. It. Well, we were going to have to be done anyway pretty soon, which is something we'll be talking to you guys about in a few weeks. But not yeah, yet. not yet. But yeah, it's coming we don't, don't want to blow it. Um. So yeah, all of that, and we coming to you from Farah, Farah. No time is a good time for your love. It happened. We told y'all it was coming. It would happen, goddammit. Farrah, what's up, baby? Finally, it was great to meet you. Great to hug you. Great to shake the hand of your white zaddy. <laughs> um, Who is very nice, by the way. Very sweet. Very. Her, let me tell you something. Um, <clears throat> and for the record, well, okay, first of all, let me tell you something. Her physical presence, her being, her being does not match. Her email energy. In other words, I was expecting to see a bitch that looked like Shirley Hemphill <clears throat> with a lot of Monique attitude. Um, couldn't have been cuter. Beautiful, long, flowing, curly, silky hair. Um, sweet, soft-spoken. Soft-spoken, sweet. I'm like, who's this bitch? Uh, she, she does not match her email ferociousness. She's very unassuming and quiet, but, you know, they'd be the most dangerous ones. Um, um, and she's cute, man. Ain't Gemma, but she's cute, though. <laughs> she's happy not to be Gemma. I know, and she is. Yeah, what she call her? My hoof. I, I've heard Chicken McNugget, yeah. hoof, whatever. Um, she's quiet, man, but she, she's dangerous. She's, she's, she's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, she's unassuming. Very unassuming. Like Shamal would come kick your door in with the with the ch- ch- and blow you away while you sleep in the covers and get the sheets and everything all bloody. Motherfucking Farrah will quietly come up behind you while you sipping tea, and with one of them uh, zip blinds, uh, choke the shit out you <laughs> from behind. You just wouldn't see it coming. Shamal is the you know. 
I'm in your face, nigga. Want me to shoot this nigga, Big Daddy? And by the way, load your shit, Shamar, because when we do the email episode tomorrow, there's a nigga I'm going to need you to take out. Um, but put 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 Ferrer on your team. Ferrer is officially with you. Uh, and I could see Ferrer, you know, choking the nigga out with the with his line wearing white gloves. You know what I mean? She just, you know, she take her glasses off, zip with the line, and choke the shit out you while you drinking your Nescafe. <laughs> I could see her choking the nigga in the tub while you're in the tub with his socks on. Dude, as hot as, it, as hot as it is here in Portland right now, yeah, I could see a lot of people choking other motherfuckers out right now. Yeah, yeah it's hot, but I wouldn't know because I've been in my goddamn... It's hot as a motherfucker out here, but I've been in my room. I went for a walk. I went for a walk. We went and had some donuts. Tara came out here uh, because... it was her birthday, right? It was her birthday weekend, and I thought, hey, you know, this is going to be a great weekend because right. it's already going to be... It's going to be hot in, uh, in, in Jersey, in mm-hmm. New York. Let's, uh, why don't you come out for your birthday, and we'll have some fun in, in Oregon. Right. And it is the biggest heat wave in the Pacific Northwest right now that they've had in I don't know how many years. Yes. I mean, it, it, you could feel it when uh, we get ready to go to the show and we got to stand outside the hotel waiting for the Uber. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm air conditioned, baby. I'm in yeah. the room. The only time I'm in the heat is from waiting for the Uber. After that, air conditioned car, get out the car, air conditioned building. But incidentally, the comedy. Uh, God. Damn! Dude, it's already starting. It's not even on the email episode. Um, the air conditioning in the, in the comedy club is on the fritz. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little hot in that motherfucker. In the showroom. The rest, the showroom. The the rest, rest, the rest <laughs> is cool. The rest of the building is cool. Where we're performing, though, it's hot. Yeah, but, but Farrah, listen, thank you for coming out. Like I said, it's always nice when we can actually see some of the fans. That Put that name to, the to podcast. a face, man. Yeah, like, like Ghetto Casanova, who came out in Phoenix. Um, yeah, when you guys come out, make sure you say say what's up because yeah, yeah. we want to know that you're there and we want to see who you are. And Farrah, are you? I assume you in L.A. We need to. I can't wait for that meeting. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that meeting. For who? Shamor. Oh, you said Farrah. Oh, I met Shamor. Um, you know Shamor. I'm wondering, like, who? I'm just off the top of my head. Who else would I know? I'd like to meet that writes in all the time. We see Matthew Riggins in Jersey. It's in New Brunswick. Stress Factory. Uh, you know, if I don't mention ghosts, this nigga's gonna go crazy. Yeah, but when are we? When? I don't know when we're gonna get to Canada, but I know that if I don't mention ghosts, seeing him in person, this nigga's gonna probably dunk himself in the bathtub water, or at the very least, choke himself with his own hajib. Ghosts. Ah, da da da, Canada. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get up to. We went to one place in Canada. Do you remember where it was? Uh, yeah, we went to um, Calgary. Yeah, no, was it Calgary? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it Calgary. Was Calgary. Uh, I would love to get up to Toronto because I know, like, as far as Canada goes, the major parts, like the Vancouver's major, Toronto's major, places like Calgary and Edmonton. That's like mm, Jersey and Connecticut. Yeah, Calgary is very Jersey. Yeah, that, that's like the side pieces of. Canada. You want to go to the big dick parts of Canada. Toronto's a big dick part. So I, I actually do want, and I've been to Toronto. Toronto's nice. Um, so I definitely want to get out to Toronto, see Kosh. I'm trying to think, is there anybody else who, uh, anybody on your part um, who sticks out? Yeah, I got some people that. Uh, Keith Luce, Keith Luce uh, from uh, Atlanta. I'd like to, to meet Keith him. Luce. He, he sends me an email. I, I give you bits of it on there, but we have a lot of conversations. He don't send me shit. No, he sends me shit. Okay, so Keith for you is Keith Luce. Yeah. Where is he out of? Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh shit. Okay. Anybody else? No, just the, just our regulars, man. I I just want to see who they are when they when they. Yeah. Okay. Fuck it. Uh, well, I want Rams. Where's Rams' footset? Uh, in the woods. <laughs> he lives in the woods. Everything only comes out when he smells meat. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, CC, we got to see CC, but I think she says she's in Detroit now. All right, so there it is, y'all. Oh, oh Deidre Ann Johnson. Oh, she's New York. Deidre Ann Johnson. Yeah, next from when we first. I said next time, like it's been a minute. Feels like a first time. First time. Next time we go back to New York. Uh, DJ, you're going to have to come see us, baby. We make sure we announce it and, and keep it out there. 
now let's get into what we were supposed to get into. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the greatest comedies, movies of all time. Um, and it's, it's funny, too, because for the last two days, FX has been playing in rotation. Jim Carrey, uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, one and two. Um, and I'm telling you, man, I, 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 between being on my phone, looking at shit and, and catching clips and hearing parts of the movie. Yo, Jim Carrey is truly one of the comedians who was born to do what they do. And I know we've kind of alluded to this before, but it feels like in, in life there are certain people who become that and there are certain people who are that. You know, there's a lot of dudes who become comedians, but there's very few that are comedians. Jim Carrey was born to do what he does. And I want to say no one else does what he does. I, the, the closest in terms of a resemblance is Robin Williams. And I'm just talking about that kinetic energy. Okay. That all over the place energy, that ability to improv and be genius, even though I think they're very different because to me, like watching Jim, especially in these movies, he's a human cartoon. Yeah. He's a fucking Ace Ventura, that character, <laughs> all that, alrighty then, the walk, all his physicalities, his facial features, his vocal gestures, he's a walking cartoon. But see, he would disagree with you on what you said, that he, he, he became that, because when he started off, he was just doing the impressions. And he wanted, much like yourself, who says that you don't want to just be known as that one note comic he wasn't getting he he did that movie early mm -hmm. uh once bidden i think and then he wanted to uh you know he was he was getting laughs he was he was succeeding at what he was doing but he wanted to go deeper and he went deeper and he's that's where he credits the comedy store because if you remember the documentary he talks about how they allowed him to just give up his material and bomb for months as he tried to right. refigure out what how he wanted to present Everything that he had in him, and and you're right though he had that in him, but he hadn't figured out how to get that all well, out of him. Well, yet. I was gonna say that's called ev evolving. Yeah, he evolved and growth, but it's always been there. Yeah, it was always. He in just him. had to figure out how to nurture it and bring it about. Right, but that's always been there. Even when I saw, and I don't ever know, have known him for doing a stand up special. The only thing I've ever seen is the one clip where he's doing stand up in that multicolored shirt. Um, and he's doing some impressions, and he's really physical. Uh, but just when you watch him, I mean, when you look at his movies, The Mask, which I always wish they made a part two. The Mask. They made a part two, but it wasn't with him. With him, it was with Jamie Kennedy. Kennedy yeah. Yeah, that. that uh. I'm not saying anything about Jamie Kennedy. Um, The Mask, uh, Ace Ventura 1 and 2. Uh, me, myself, and Irene, um, and and I know a lot of people pan pan the movie, but I thought one of his great, one of my favorite greatest performances was Cable Guy. I thought he was great in Cable Guy. He was Cable Guy. It's just so I don't think people were ready for the darkness of Cable Guy. But what part of it was dark? Did he's he's really a psychotic guy. It was so comedically funny. It was genius. It took it from to me. I didn't see darkness. You know, and I know, look, all comedians, especially if that's what you're, pre you're predominantly known for, at some point they want to break out of comedy and show people I am a serious actor. And some do it better than others. I thought Robin Williams was one of the greatest. Um, and I think Jim is good, too, dramatically. But comedy, dude, that's his bread and butter. For me, it's not even like it's a toss up. Like, like, I forget what the one dude's name was. He used to do stand-up, and then he became just a serious guy. I don't, it's, not, it's not Alan Alda. It's Alan somebody. No, no. There was a guy, yeah, I, it's going to kill me. But, yeah, he, try, he was doing stand-up. One movie, give me a movie. I, I, it, it, a lot of his movies were in the 70s, early 80s. I want to say it's Alan something. Alan Alda? No, Alan Alda was MASH, wasn't he? No, the, the guy from right. Mash. You just said that too, Alan. Um, I, I think I know who you're talking about. But he was he was he was a comic, but but he did a lot of serious roles, and it felt like serious fit him more than comedy. And most comedians who are who are 
diehard comedians that go on to do drama. Again, do drama well, but not better than they do comedy. I, but see, Robin Williams, I, I actually like his more serious stuff. Then the comedy? Dude, uh, that uh, photo, whatever, that photo movie. Uh, Was that the one with uh, him and Pacino? No, no, I don't think so. That's the one where he, uh, oh, is it with Pacino? No, no, the one, no, no, not photo. You, uh, That's the one where he's uh, he's a psycho in that movie. That was, um, how great he got into that role. But war, war, one of my favorites is his early movies, The World According to Garp, which has humor in it, but it's it's a serious movie. Uh, and that was right off the, right off the beginning of his career. I like, think he's like, a terrific like, actor. Like, like, you know, if you really like his style of comedy and you really like, what he did movie wise, okay. I, I I know a lot. I know a lot of his work now is get shit on by the critics, but his earlier work, Adam Sandler, funny dude, right? Yeah. But seriously, and and, and when he went serious, did you buy it? Um, the the movie he did about uh, comedy that is comedy. Um, fuck. Yeah, everybody's everybody's yelling at me right now because I don't not remember and shit. Um. Did I buy? It? Yeah, I think I, I think he does all right as an actor, but he's not not at that level. That 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 it's not. I don't think he's winning awards for his serious acting. Right. I, I think Robin Williams deserved awards for some of his acting. Right. Is, is a serious actor. I don't know that many comics that make that that kind of transition. What about Eddie Murphy? Is serious stuff serious? What's the serious stuff? Dream Girls. Yeah, that's right, Dream Girls. But that was such a different part of his career. Right, Dreamgirls came so much after he was away from stand-up. And then there's that movie, I can't remember the name, Mr. Something. It came and went where he played a serious dude and he had like a little relationship with this girl. No, I don't even remember that one. Yeah, it was called yeah. Mr. Something. Um, no, I don't have that same thing for uh, Eddie Murphy in, in being serious, uh, as a serious actor. I'm trying to think of who Michael Keaton was a real it was a stand up but he's more of an he he abandoned stand up yeah he well he got batman i mean but even before batman he 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 leaned more towards uh serious stuff well no i i don't think he's known more as a comic in any sense like we know it's like again he did comedy but he wasn't a comedian mr mom the movie he's really good stand he was a really good stand up everybody thought he was going to make it as a stand up and then he did that swing into acting. Mr. Mom was a great movie. It's comedy. It's a comedy movie. Yeah, I think he's a guy that can do comedy, but I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's that. Well, not the way Robin Williams was that. Jim Carrey is that. Eddie yeah. Murphy is that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I- I'll give you that. Uh, because I, I just feel like if you're that and you're that good, why would you not? Yeah. If you're that good, no, you're. I, I see what your point is. I see what your point is, but I think his uh, that other side of his career blew up before comedy did. Mm. And that's what led him down the path that he was on. Well, you know, obviously, you know, stand-up is a harder grind than making movies. So well, it's if, like, you, if you starting out trying to be a stand-up and movies come calling and you get seduced into the movie world, it's almost like, fuck stand-up. Why do that grind? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not denying that. I told uh, when Tara came out uh, here, I was like, uh, "This is the this is the job." When we got stuck uh, in Phoenix, yeah, because it, w- it was a plane delay and it took us 15 hours to get from New Jersey to uh, Portland. Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's that's the that's the." Yeah, work. I like how you put that. Yesterday, you said this was the comedy is the job, the travel is the work. Right. Right. Uh, and, and that is the work, and that you know, if you're and you. You, uh, for, for, fortunately for you and for me, because I get fortunate because of what you uh, you've accomplished, we, we get a lot of work. But that that is a, that's the work, the travel. We right. have to travel all the time. Right. And, and yeah, I, I I even said to you when I first started working with you, you know, you do this every year like this much, and you're like, yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. There's there's a lot of guys that I know that will take they'll, they'll do like six months on, six months off. Yeah. Listen, and we've said this: if you can do it on the sweet level. When you like Bill Maher shit, private jet, one show, yeah. theater, make six figures, well then damn. That's a different. That's, a, that's different. But when you commercial airline, airports, up early, you know, Bill Maher don't have to do press. That show <laughs> sold out upon, upon announcement. I get to do press, six in the morning, sometimes up as early as 5.30 when you got to be at the station at six, fucking six, seven shows. 
uh, you know, fucking selling mer- hustling merch, you know, get up uh, from one side of the country to the other. That's the work. Could you imagine uh, Bill Maher today in his career at a radio station at 530 in the morning? Oh, please. Could you imagine what a dick he'd be to those? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, when you, you know, when you got your own show or HBO that you've had for a gazillion years, that show's been running for a long time. This is and you're third, rich. Yeah, it's his third incarnation of the show, but it's basically the same right, show. Right, because politically incorrect. Right. Um, like, there was a scene in uh, Ace Ventura 2 where Jim Carrey is in the Jeep driving it, and the dude next to him, and, you know, obviously, they, they give you get what the joke is because the dude next to him is just sitting still in his passenger seat as they're driving. But Jim's bouncing <laughs> from left to right, up and down, backward to forward, and he goes, finally, boy, this off-roading! <laughs> and it's just, and it was one of the things where I just started laughing because I'm like, he knows how to sell silly. You know, that's the best. So silly. It's stupid as it is, and you might not even want to laugh, but you go, this nigga's silly, man. That scene when he's in the water with the shark. Right. And it's it's the stupidest scene probably in the whole right, movie. Right, You're laughing at the end of it because of his face and the way right. they have. Like, I, I could see him say to the guys, no, turn it up. Turn it up. Move faster. Move R- me faster. Right, right, right. And he's a master at knowing how to do that. And it takes a certain level of commitment because you feel stupid. And, 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 you, and you say to yourself, if this doesn't work, I'm going to look stupid. He don't care. And if, and if it's not working, it feels like he keeps going till he finds what it is that finally gets you. That level of commitment, that, that's genius, man. Dude, when he did the in Pet Detective, when uh, he's talking to Tone Lope and he does the butt talk. Right. Dude, the first, I, I fell out the first time. I, I've never laughed. I, I mean, it was right. ridiculously funny because I, even when I wasn't doing comedy, the idea that something was so simple and right. had been sitting there the whole time right? and no one's doing that and he comes... I mean, to me, that was just... There was a scene in the first one, um, and I don't know if you remember this, but Courtney Cox was trying to get him admitted to some psychic ward to get some information so he they cut to him sitting in a chair with a tutu on yeah and he's pretending like he's crazy and he he rolls on the doctor and with the face and he's doing these movements and yeah and then he stops and goes now let's see that in what, what do we call it when, slow motion slow, 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 replay no, no, re- right, yeah. replay and then he goes backwards goes and the way he rolls on the doctor and Courtney Cox, and you could even see her smirking. I was like, I know they did that a lot of times for her to finally be able not to laugh. Like, there's no way you shoot that and don't crack the fuck up. Because it's so stupid and silly, and the way he's rolling on their bodies physically and touching them, I was like, this nigga, yeah. It, it, the scene, in, 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 uh, and you said when we were setting up, that you didn't think that Ace Ventura 2 needed to be made? Yeah. Why? Ace Ventura was such a good movie, and it, it, and it, it caught a moment in time that didn't exist, if that makes any sense. I it know was, exactly what you mean. Yeah. Because when – and not to cut you off, but they – Keenan Ivan Wayans told a story where he goes, uh, Eddie Murphy was already killing it on SNL. He was – everybody was like, this motherfucker, Whoa. He goes, when Eddie put out his first movie, 48 Hours, and we're at the premiere, and they showed this famous scene of him in the bar. New sheriff in town, but his name's Richard Hammond. Y'all be cool. Right on. He said, a white producer went, the eagle has landed. And it was a moment in time where you knew from that scene, from that movie, this dude's a star now. It was a moment in time where there was no one like him. So when you say that, I remember when I went to go see Ace Ventura in the theater by myself at the Man's Chinese Theater. I looked at, I just went, "What you just said? Who's doing this? Yeah, there's no one like this guy. The Eagle landed, dude. Yeah, and so it was just. But here's here's a, a little bit. I don't know if you know this. Um, I was I was a huge Carrie fan back then. Um, 
Mask was actually done before Ace Ventura. Was it? But they shelved Mask because they weren't ready for him. And that's what I mean. I mean. It was a moment in time that didn't exist. Right. They couldn't. Mask was made first. They released Mask after because of the success of Age Ventura. It was shelved because they weren't. They, they were nervous. They didn't know how to put it out. They didn't know how to. He had to create that genre so that it wow. could even come out. Wow. He, he's a game changer, man. So, yeah, that's. Yeah. And you know what? When you asked me to send you the list of my top five, I didn't even put that in. I have such a weird uh, group of movies that are my favorite comedies. But, and then when I thought about it, I was like, that should have been in there. Well, when you say. Going back to your original point, two didn't need to be made. What is it that you didn't... You didn't think it lived up to the first one? I thought that that... When he broke through with that, I thought everything else should be a different. I thought everything else should go a different way because that, that... the beginning of it was just so important. That was just the baby. That was like the... You know, it, it grew after that. Mm-hmm. And he kind of went backwards to do that again. And that's why I didn't think it was... Uh, yeah, but that movie had sequel written all over it. It did, but how, many, how long did it take before it came out? Well, you know, that's, you know that happens in That's the what I mean. But, right. but once, once, like I said, once you see a breakthrough like that... You know, it's like what you said with 48 Hours. They waited too long to remake yeah, Way it. too long. Because once you break through and you advance... You don't want to go back. You don't want to circle all the way back around to where it, uh, the inception. You want to keep moving forward. And they, if, if you wait too long, I feel like you're going backwards. So when you say that, you, you, feel, you just feel like they waited too long, n- more so than he shouldn't have done it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm thinking you're saying it shouldn't have happened. No, it's just when you wait that long, you know, I, I, the obvious one is, is coming to America. You wait too long yep. and you're going backwards to make it. And they, they waited so long, going back didn't feel right. No. Like when they did Beverly Hills Cop 2, that timing was perfect. perfect. That movie hit, and then a year or two later, boom. Came back or came back around. So that makes sense. Right. Everybody's in the same groove. Right. You haven't grown. You know, your clothes still fit the same. Like you're saying. <laughs> right, you know right, what I mean? right, right. You haven't grown out of those parts. Right. That's what I mean by, about when they went back. They circled the wagons too late. Dude, that scene. And again, it's so silly. But the scene in with Jim Carrey's coming out of the rhino's ass, being born. Okay, now that that's a <laughs> that but see that's that's a Jim Carrey you know the moment that only you know like Carrey could do. Oh god! Like and then the diff when they would either the angle of straight up him coming out the ass, or they cut to the side angle. You just and the more they cut, the more he's coming out, and the face is up against the plastic, and his eyes roll back, and then his chest and torso come out. And he, I'm just going, but that 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 level of commitment to something so silly takes bravery. Jim's a bad boy, man. Yeah, that's a, you know, and I'm mad that I didn't put that in there. Right, uh, it, it should have been in my top ten. Um, now here's a here's a movie a la movie scene that I have to bring up because to me and I know for some people this is going to sound blasphemous uh, I know this is a really popular movie the movie didn't do a lot for me but this scene is one of the funniest fucking scenes ever 40 year old virgin I don't know if it's going to be the same scene that you're talking about but go ahead guess no 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 you don't want to guess I know. I, 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 I don't. No, know. guess because I want to see if you if you agree. No, I'm going to say my favorite scene in the movie is actually when he crashes on his bike and he goes through the van, through the through the right the van. Right. Do you know what I'm talking about? He crashes no. through. He, I I I, I kind of do. I'm telling you, it's not one of my. Fa- I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll. But there's parts in that movie that I think are genius, and right. I, and I'll tell you why that crash scene is the, is best to me later. Right. But I want to see what you're. I'm not blown away by that movie, man. Uh, and I know Steve Carell. Excuse me. Is considered comedy royalty. Well, when you okay, before we go too far away, right? The, the what's the movie with Steve Carell and, and Jim Carrey? Uh, and Jim Carrey, yeah. Uh, Sunshine, Spotless. No, something. no, no, no. Uh, li- liar, liar. Is it Steve Carell ain't in Liar, Liar? The one where he's the weather, where he's the weatherman. And Jennifer Aniston's in it too. No, uh, oh shit. I'm oh, afraid. now they're really screaming at you. Uh, the one where he's the weatherman is Will Ferrell. No, no. The weatherman, no, he's not a weatherman. He's a news anchor, and Carrie wants that job, and he doesn't get it. He gets passed over by Steve Carell 
What it, movie is this? He made a lot of movies. Here, let me pull it up. I don't ever remember Steve Carell and Jim Carrey in a movie yep. together. Yeah. Matter of fact, I I know in in Anchorman, there's that famous fight scene with no. all the anchors from different no, stations. No, no, You're not is, talking about that? No, no, no. This is a different movie. Here, I'm going to find it. Uh, Bruce Almighty. Was it Bruce Almighty? Bruce Almighty. Was it Bruce Almighty? No, that's the one yeah, where no, he no, plays no. God. No, yeah, but here it is. There it is. Steve Carell. He doesn't play God. Uh, no, Morgan no, Freeman plays it's God. God, but yeah. see, there's Jim Carrey and yeah, then, then all right. and Steve Carell. There's a scene in there that's right. so, where um, Jim Carrey has the power. God, God gave him the power, right? And and uh, Steve Carell's trying to do his anchor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's trying to be the anchor uh, and read the news, right? And Jim Carrey is using his powers to and making him say weird things, right? And Carell is like doing. What Jim Carrey's making him do, right? And the two working off of each other, being committed to being that great, that right. it's fucking genius. But listen, you know, I I see Steve Carell. I get why people like him. I get I get it, and he's good at what he does. But for some reason, I don't connect with him like that comedically. But I get it. Like I say with Chris Rock. I get the brilliance. One of the smartest guys ever. He don't tickle my funny bone, though. He doesn't have to. And he, he plays usually like more of the straight guy. Steve Carell? He can play the straight guy. He can, but he does a lot of stuff where he plays wacky over wacky. the top. Yeah. Dude, you didn't like in Anchorman when he plays... Oh, I, dude, here's another one. It's blasphemous. I'm going to say this. Anchorman is not funny to me at all. How many times have you seen Anchorman? I saw one and two no. once. See, now this is the problem with Anchorman. I don't know if anybody's going to agree with me out there. The first time you watch Anchorman, if you're not in it, you might go walk away and go, man, I didn't, I didn't get all that. But I went back and saw it a second time, and I got more of what's happening in the movie. And the third time I saw it, I go, this movie's fucking genius. There is, some, there is so much that you missed the first time you I, see Anchorman. I think I'm comedically uh, in tune enough to where whatever's supposed to be gettable is gettable. There's so much going on around what's funny up front. That's what makes the movie funniest. It is so funny when you're just catching all these little parts. When you're watching the movie, you don't see right. it. I, I really think that that movie is, uh, is some, a movie that needs to be seen more This than is one. the scene I'm talking about in uh, 40-year-old version. Okay, I want to see this. There it is. Wait, 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 last thing. Oh, last yeah. Thing. I'm also going to need that extended warranty on it for the price of on the house. Hmm? That I can't do. I don't be a Negro, be my nigga. Help me out. Hold, hold, hold. I ain't nobody's nigga. Well, I mean, you somebody's nigga wearing this nigga tie. Now you're being condescending. Mm-hmm. You've been warned, all right? Let's move forward amicably. Okay, well, so check I- this out. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me, okay? Now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth and help me with the sale. Okay, see? See, now you found yourself a nigga. You were looking for a nigga? Nigga here now, see? Okay. Today's forecast... Dark and cloudy, and chance of drive-by. You want to go? The officers just move back. Then they fire off. Uh-oh. She's hilarious. She is. Jay Lynch. Oh. Go get him, Tiger. This shit just got rigged. What you going to do, bitch? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. You know Luke Perry from 20th and 25th? You ever heard of Rolling Twenties, nigga? Mm-hmm. Since I was 16, nigga. Okay. I'm saying Frosty. You know what I'm saying? Spoon. Nigga, okay. we fuck dwarves in the ass. Nigga, this dwarf here don't got to be tall. Jesus. Pull the trigger off of somebody's face. Oh, nigga. Please, Good 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 up. What's up? Hey, what, what, what? what? Well, uh, welcome to Smart Tech. Can I, is this, is this your boy? With? Yeah, nigga. We will both mash you. What? Hey, what? How can we Where you at? help you, sir? No, no, no. He don't need no help. He's already been served. I served him. He's taking care of you. Slow, but he got it. See, what he thought was he could come up in here and make the rules, but now he see that Jay make the rules in Smart Tech. Then I run this bitch, and now he about to bounce. It's your boy? Yeah, that's my boy, nigga. We rep the same Smart Tech. You just got fucked up with him. Both y'all niggas gonna get clapped up when I get back. Both of y'all niggas. What, what did I do? It don't fucking matter. Yeah. Well, aim high, Willis. Yo, yo. I understand why Kevin Hart is a movie star. And, and I've said this before. A lot of dudes that's funny on stage don't translate to movies. A lot of dudes out the comfort zone of a microphone on stage in front of an audience don't know how to make a scene pop. They don't know how to take words that they didn't write, find the funny, 
add extra shit, improvise, make a moment from paper to screen and make it pop. That's very hard to do. People think automatically because you do comedy. Oh, that means you do it's comedy. You can do it. No, 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 no. That's what made Eddie Murphy the guy. Like a la Jordan. No weaknesses. Stand up. Got it. TV, SNL. Got it. Movies. Got it. A beast. Kevin knows how to make a scene pop. You know who else does that? Mike Epps. Mike Epps does a lot of memorable shit in movies. And with little, he doesn't even need a lot of lines. No, no, he can make shit up off the dome. And as comics, again, I know I can watch stuff and go, That's, you don't put that in a script. That's made up. When he, you know, when he, I, I've, that one of those Friday movies, I think it was the last one, and, I, and I'm getting off topic because I really want to stay on Kevin, but I have to, since I went there, uh, the Friday movie about Christmas, the one that Cat Williams was in, when he, when Mike Epps approaches the three old black women and say, man, if y'all don't get that old pussy up out of here, like there's just certain things Mike will say and you go, nigga, that's Mike. Kevin knows he, he the voice, the physicality of him being small. Kevin knows how to make a scene pop, man. And that's, he's brilliant. That whole scene was brilliant. We fuck dwarves in the ass, nigga. You know, who writes that? <laughs> Somebody wrote in the comments, which I, which is even more of a testament to, I believe, they improvised that. Which car wrote that movie? Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen. Yeah. Now, do two white guys really sit up and write, uh, uh, you, you, you was looking for a Negro? Well, you got a nigga here. Do two white dudes write that? You wanted a nigga, nigga here. No, but those, I mean, when they're having writing sessions, I'm sure there's other writers in the room if you're going to write. Let's not assume that, though. No, let's not. It might have just been them two. It might have been, hey, this is the dialogue. Go and see what they come up with. It could have been. I mean, why wouldn't you let Kevin Hart do that? Because you know Absolutely. I I think they wrote a blueprint and said, guys, go. And the two of them came up with that. You know, and not to go off topic again and... uh, but Larry David, when he writes uh, Curb, right. you know, it's just like you said, a blueprint. Right. He just has certain things that he needs you to hit in your line so that he can move the story in the direction that he wants to go. Credit to J.B. Smoove. I, he's another one that I think knows how to... Yep. And he just lets them go. Right. As long as they get to where the... the, the certain points. To move the story along. Right. But all that, all, everybody else, he doesn't... Larry David doesn't like to write dialogue. He likes the story. He doesn't like right. the dialogue. So he puts himself with, a- with actors who can improv, and they move that story. So it, it, it is, it, the, the, like you said sometimes, and this is the funny part about this business, when you, when you let people with skills do what they do right. and get, out, get the of the way, out the way, you can, make some great, you can make some great art. Let me tell you something, man, and this is where I get so envious and jealous. Uh, because it, And I, I can't help but... The similarities between this and sports is so close. And you could be a great player, but without a great coach and a great system, there's only so far you can go. And vice versa. You can be a phenomenal coach with a phenomenal system, but unless you have the player that can make it happen, there's only so far you can go. I've done a lot of shit movies. I mean, a lot of shit movies. Um, One movie I did, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but it, uh, I did a movie called The Promotion uh, where I played a gay rapper. Um, and in one particular scene, I'm in the kitchen and one another one of the other characters in the movie was a retarded dude. And as, again, as a comic, you always look for moments to make it pop because that's how you get off. You want to get off. And I remember when the director yells cut or just he says he's about to yell cut. Uh, there's a moment of silence, and those are the moments you look for because you know, boom, all right, we got the dialogue out. We said what we need to say. The scene is basically done. If there's a moment of silence, that's where you attack. So at one point in the two shot, it's me and a little retarded dude, and he's about the same size as Kevin, little bald white guy, and he's making the retarded face, the the goofy face. And at one point, and as the gay rapper, I turn and I said, uh, hey, man, let me ask you a question. You ever been fucked so hard you weren't retarded no more? Like, and everybody cracked up. 
And I just went, but this is a shit movie. I'm a good player with a bad system and a bad coach. So this ain't going nowhere. But you still want to give your best. And I look at scenes like that and I go, that is what every comic yearns for. Good material. A a Judd Apatow. Whoever else the big names in comedy are. But Judd Apatow is the one I know. But just a great guy that knows a Phil Jackson of comedy from a writing standpoint. If I could get material like that with what I know how to do, oh, that makes my dick hard, man. I've only been in one movie, and I only had a few lines. But I remember I say something. And my it, it was just it was just a few lines that I had, and I say something to this guy who has, uh, who's supposed to be this badass guy, and he gets mad, and he just starts yelling, and he fucking, you know, and it's right. it's a serious scene, and he slams down some shit, and they they get him walking off, and they cut back to the table, and I go, what did I say? And it was really, right. and everybody starts laughing, but right. it was too serious for the, the movie was that they wanted that scene to stay right. serious. So they cut my shit, but it was right. funny because we all like looked at each other, and it and it fit because right. everybody at the table just starts laughing. Then we continue to play poker, right? But uh, you know, you you know, I wasn't supposed to have any good lines. In the movie. Like there was another movie I did uh, with one of the Baldwin brothers and Keith David. You know who Keith David yeah. is? Great character actor. Yeah. Uh, called Four Twenty, and it was a weed movie. Uh, again, I piece of shit movie um but i played a cop you know, you can't say it's a piece of shit movie but it is because what is someone who had something to do with that movie here's this you're right you're right you're right and and they're thinking hey you know i worked with Ari spears back in this oh he said that was a piece of shit movie okay well, next who's up next oh you're right i just i just was be, i'm being honest but i know what you mean you could be honest without throwing it under the bus okay it uh, wasn't it wasn't it, it wasn't strong it wasn't a strong movie. Okay. Uh, it was a strawberry featherweight movie. <laughs> um, and I played a cop, and a fucked up cop. Uh, like at one point you saw me in the cruiser sniffing the cocaine. I had sneezed, seized. Uh, and at one point I, I walk in on this wild ass party, bitches everywhere. And, you know, I got that little, the cops got that little shoulder mic they speak into. Mm. Um, and I get a call. Basically, it's dispatch going, uh, yo, your fellow officers are involved in a, in, a, in, a, in a drug deal going bad. The guns are being fired. We need backup. We need backup now. And as I get ready to respond, two chicks come over who basically tell me they want to give me a blowjob. And I'm like, yeah, uh, 10-4 on that. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make the backup. I got some pussy coming. <laughs> I, I'm about to get my dicks up. <laughs> and again, it was an improv moment in a strawberry featherweight movie. And I'm just going, if I could get heavyweight material, knowing I, I do what I do, because it's going to make me better because I got shit to work with. I got shit to play with. If I could read something and go, oh, this is funny. Now I can go, what can I add to it to triple up the funny? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when I auditioned for Tropic Thunder. I wanted it so bad because the lines, I was like, this shit is hilarious and i was before i went into the audition i was making notes i was going all right uh, i'm gonna say what they got here but i'm gonna also say this and you live for that shit so yeah man great material yeah uh <laughs> dude i i just thinking about this because how i just said that about the movie and uh, I, we haven't read this email i don't know if you're gonna read it but someone hit hit us up about how uh I love you so much that I'm always trying to get you not to say. I, I think I got that email. You got that email. Yeah. Yeah. And I have love for you, man. You really helped my career right. out. You take care. We, we work together all the time. Yeah. But as much as I love Aries, I also am trying to support him so that he, uh, like right now, when we had that uh, retarded moment where he's talking about the retarded guy, yeah. he keeps saying retarded guy. I felt my career getting smaller as he says retard several times. But, that, but no, but that was in the script. That I, was know, the, that I know, was the it was, I know it was, right. I know it was. But that movie was how how many years ago? Uh, I don't know. Well, it, seven, ten yeah. years ago? No, not that long. Seven, maybe six. Six. Okay. In, in the last six years, the word retarded is uh, is gotten. Uh, 
removed from our vernacular. Yeah, have you heard the last 200 and something episodes of this podcast? <laughs> yeah. And you worry about that now. I know it's over for me. This, this is this. Is, I, I wish you would quit saying that because I, I, you don't understand the power of your whiteness. If I had true whiteness, I'd probably I'd probably believe it. Or if I had true true a true Junus, I would be. Let me tell you something. Excited about I'm, it. I'm just mentioning this to your point, and then we're gonna get right back on schedule because okay. we're not gonna turn it into that. But DL Hewley sent out a post, and I and Derek Chauvin. Yeah, just got twenty two years in prison. Twenty two and a half. They said he'll be eligible for parole and maybe fifteen, which means he could get out. Then they brought up three black people, one of which a black dude stole a jacket worth one hundred and thirty nine dollars is serving life in prison. Another black dude was found with such a lightweight amount of heroin that you couldn't even weigh it. Life in prison. They gave another example of another black dude with marijuana. Life in prison. Don't sleep on your whiteness. Nope. And there's a, there's a dude in prison for a, uh, a backpack, stealing a backpack. I, Black? Yeah. And he's, I don't know how many, I, I don't know. But I, Derek Chauvin, who murdered a nigga, okay. knee on the neck, who has a chance to be free in 15 years. Don't sleep on your whiteness. All we have, You'll be all right. But all we have to do is show up on his uh, parole date and uh, enough people show up. He ain't getting out. Back to comedy. Okay. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying, but my <laughs> just, just, you know, have you ever been, have you ever picked out paint for your house? Picked out painting? Yeah, p- picked out paint, paint color for your house. No, I have a dick and balls. My woman does that. And, well, if you go there, you're going to see there's a lot of different colors of white. Yes. I'm not on the bright white. I just want to let you know. That Nigga, you could be on the darkest of white <laughs> and you are still lighter than me. That's Navajo white. Okay. Um... Now, back to some of this list of the 50 <laughs> greatest comedies. Um, Animal House was one of them. Dude, and I love that movie. And it was I didn't put that in my list either. No? Uh, and I, I would. like If I could redo that list, I would redo it. Because that, that movie, that's one of those movies that, that means something to me. Does it really? I love that fucking what movie. What is it you love about it? I love every aspect about it. Uh, I love I love what I know about behind the scenes too of it. Uh-huh. I love that uh, um, John Belushi mm-hmm. that they took him away almost all his lines. They took away ninety percent because you his said lines. they wanted it to be physical. He wanted they wanted him to act with his face. They wanted more of what Belushi was. Right. And he, I don't know if he how he felt about it, but I, he embraced it. And uh, such a big character in that in that movie, yeah. even though he didn't have a lot of lines. Was that a Late 70s movie, or was that really 80s? I think it was, that, I think I think it was, was 80s. Well, it might have been early or, 80s. Or, or just 79. Yeah, let me see. I'll look it up real quick. Because uh, I love that movie. And I'm saying that to say this. Again, me being a, a, an 80s baby, I know there's a lot of movies I should probably revisit, even though I've seen Animal House more than once. Uh, I don't know that it grabs me like that. 78. 78, yeah. Maybe it's because it was 78. I don't know that it grabs me like that. Uh, Again, I love the genius of Belushi. And, 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 you know, look, obviously the more you can relate to something, the more you'll get into it. I never went to college. So that mayhem of college and all of what that was and what college kids do, I never experienced that. Neither did I, but that's one of the, not that way, not not in the same way. I wasn't in a fraternity, but that gave you a, an insight and, and it showed that there's you're, those guys were still the outsiders. That's what it was to me. They, they were the rejects of that community, right? Uh, that I love the I love that racial tension scene where they ended up in the in the black club. Yes, that I mean for '78, right. I mean, that could be, you know, closer to today, even the way that it was put together. When he goes and he yells, uh, he, he's, uh, he enters the bar and he's like, my man, you know, right, right. Just all of that is just, it, it captured a little moment that I thought was uh, maybe a little bit ahead, but on, but on point for the time still. Right. Uh, that scene where he, um, I, for, I forget the names of the guys, but when uh, they're going to go get dates mm-hmm. and they go and he says... Fawn Leibowitz or whatever, she died right. in a in a kiln fire. But they go and he says, "Oh, well, I'm his fiance." And then all the other, they, they get, "Do you have dates for my friends?" Right. And they go, "That's when they end up at the, the black club." That whole scene, the, just the, uh, uh, I don't know. There's just something about all those scenes that just make me laugh. Just still to this day, I think that's a really uh, 
Uh, that's one of those movies I wouldn't. If I got trapped on an island, I had to watch movies over and over. And I Animal take, House. Animal House would be one that kind of makes me still. Uh, there was a period in time where, just like with Judd Apatow, John Landis was the go-to yeah. comedy director. Trade in Places, Animal House. Uh, he made a couple others, uh, and he was the guy. Uh, and then eventually became not the guy. Um, but since we're talking about almost like fraternities and school shit, super bad. Super bad. I think it, it, it's high school, so it's even more. Now, see, we've all went through that phase. Yeah, that's what. Um, but the, here's the thing, and I'm not trying to come off, you know, cocky. Because listen, I always said, like, 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 what that is, and that's always about. Uh, is the word adolescent when describing teenagers? Yeah. Or is there another word? No, adolescent's good. Okay, that, that's always about adolescent awkwardness. Trying to get laid, trying to fit in. Which certainly we know there are. that's most kids. But that wasn't my crew, man. Like now, now, I didn't get laid because I was a silly motherfucker all the time, cracking jokes. Um, but as far as the insecurity of all those kids and trying to get laid and basic losers trying to come up. I, that wasn't my crew, man. My crew got pussy, man. <laughs> my crew was cool. Them niggas fucked all the white girls, was the most popular niggas, played sports, was hip. My crew was the, was the crew. Then what movie's out there for you then? I don't know. Because the guys who end up writing these movies are usually guys that aren't getting any. The guys that go, went through this, the, the, who, who are the outsiders. Right. That's who that's and, and that's the awkwardness that, you know, we I mean, not you. You're, you want to write a movie from Fonzie's perspective. Most of us aren't Fonzie. I give you I give well, I'll give you the movie that fits my crew. OK. House Party. OK. Yeah. Kid and Play was cool. That's on my list. They grabbed the mic. They rapped. They danced. They had to step. But they're not cool. Yes, they are. Kind of cool. Nah, son. Kind what of. was I? They didn't play awkward. They didn't play. Uh, yes, they did. When they're in the lunchroom, it's a little awkward. How? The, the, uh, uh, play wanted Sydney. Uh, I think who was okay, the dark skin right. chick. It, it was closer to yes, they had an idea who they were, but they still did awkward shit. What was the what's nah, the, yeah what's yo. the what's the big what's the uh, what was the I forgot the band's name the the group's name the full the, force the full force when he bumps. The dude from incidentally, the incidentally, and somebody showed a picture on Instagram of Full Force and went from the movie and went. They really wanted us to believe these niggas was in high school. <laughs> they looked like thirty-five-year-old men, nigga. Yeah. But but I get that part. You have to have the villain. Yeah. You have to have, what? and that's what they were. They were the villain. But you still never got the sense that kid and play were losers. No, they, they were the coolest guys in the room. No, uh, but kid's a little awkward. Plays the one who's the one who's the confident one. One and yeah, kid's not confident because he has his dad. You know, and speaking of that, since we're going to get into this about acting and and comics, Robin Harris, one of my favorite comics, right. that his material today isn't going to hold up for that new generation to listen right. to the material. But genius, he was a genius yeah. at, for that that time, that moment in time. Right. But watching him try to fit his jokes into that movie. Mm. Was disappointing to me because he's so funny. It didn't fit, and it didn't. It it just didn't. Because, I can see that. I because, see what because you mean. he was fitting his jokes into the movie. He right. wasn't there as part. Like like when you talk about Kevin and just right. feeling that part and right. becoming that part. I, I agree totally. Uh, you know he was he was putting his you know his Robin Harris. Do in the you movie. do you think that he should have been more dirty edgy? I just don't think that you know they wrote a part. To, that, that presented his material in the movie instead of writing a, letting him be that comedic character that he was in the movie. Right. All that stuff was just stuff that he would say, you know, basically in his set. Right. So, but, and this, my love for Robin Harris is I didn't give a shit. You know, like, right. say, I'm saying that to you because we're breaking it down a little bit. Right. But when I watched it, I was happy to see Robin Harris in the movie because when he, when he is talking to kid, and he becomes like more of himself. He there, you saw his ability. But when he's like, you know, talking to the police, and it's still that Robin Harris. I thought that the movie Robin Harris was in where he shined best was do the right thing. Yeah, 
him sitting on the side Big with, them, with Big Dick Willie with them other two dudes. I thought that was more of who he really is. Yeah. Talking about them career. Them goddamn careers going. I'm about to get into Bernie Mac. But them goddamn careers going to get more of my money. Get out the way, fucker. Nigga, you ain't doing a goddamn thing. I just thought that was more. Yeah, it fit yeah. the flow. And I think that, you know, he got more of the space to do what he wanted in that right. movie. Uh, but House Party is an important movie, period. Uh, it's a comedy. And it was the first time black youth got to see themselves in a party atmosphere about adolescence. And, yeah, that, look at the characters that came out of it. Uh, you know, then you get one of the biggest comedians. Martin Lawrence, Bilal. Yeah. Who played a great, and he actually had a part that he was acting in that he that felt, yeah. you know. And I and I've said this before many a times. Martin pops to me on film. His stand-up does not move me like that. But on film, Martin pops, man. Uh I really I, I that that there's two movies when I was in my twenties that I made like a deal with myself that I'd watch several times a month just to just to stay in the in in the mindset that I wanted to be in. Right. And one was house party. And one was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I right. watch those at least a couple times a month. Right. Uh, I had them on VHS because I'm old. Right. And uh, I just watched because there was something about those movies and comedically, even though I wasn't doing comedy, just about uh, the, the presence of mind of those characters. Right. I wanted to keep my mind fresh like those characters. You know, I'm going to go back to something real quick. A um, little off topic, but again, to a point you made. Uh, and I, you know, so I know this is Phoenix Suns, your time, you're happy, your sons. Um, when you said, you know, Aries, instead of saying it was a piece of shit movie, here, here's what's a little bit of me. Uh, I'm a little Charles Barkley sometimes. Yeah. In his younger years. Um, where now Charles will still say what he wants, but not as stingful. Like, there's a, there was a great moment that makes me laugh so fucking hard where when the Bulls played the Suns in the 93 playoffs and they thought the series was going to end in Chicago. Chicago was pre- if Chicago won wins this game, Phoenix is done. Right. So everybody's prepared, everybody's ready, and the Suns win that game and they're going back to Phoenix. And they show Charles Barkley in the press room and one of the reporters and he cracks all the reporters up with his answer. They go, "Charles, what do you have to say to all the Chicagoans?" who were prepared to celebrate tonight. He goes, you can take the shit off the windows. <laughs> so he's talking shit without talking shit. Right, he said, you can take that shit off the windows. Ain't nobody going to be fucking celebrating havoc tonight, goddammit. So that's sometimes where I just, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, so, But I get what you're saying. Now back on point. Um, <laughs> that answer, the way he said it, too, was so pure. Take that shit off the, the windows. windows. <laughs> um, one of my favorite movies, and I, dude, when Harry met Sally, dude, great movie, dude, so quotable. And listen, there's a difference between. Well, okay, I guess that's why they would call it a romantic comedy. Like I saw the movie Legends of the Fall. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Brad Pitt, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I did. See. And this was Brad Pitt at his butteriest, creamiest. <laughs> I mean, the long, flowing blonde locks. He was in his prime. This is the shit that when if you took your girl to see this movie and they show Brad, you just look, glance at her a little bit. Like, bitch, if you don't close your mouth, <laughs> sock the shit out you with this popcorn. This was Brad and his moistest, nigga. Um, but it was, and it's a good movie, but it's a straight ladies romance, you know. Yeah. But Harry Met Sally, I could take the romance, but the blend of comedy makes it beautiful. I think this was Billy Crystal's defining moment. To me, that's his best movie ever. And just the way that it's played, the way that it's written, Rob Reiner did such a job, beautiful, beautifully directed. It takes place in New York. It made me want to be in love in New York. I love that fucking movie. And of course... The part that makes me, aw, at the very end, of course, when he runs to her at the end of New Year's Eve and he says to her, 
you know, I love you. And when you realize you love somebody and you want to spend the rest of your life with them, you want the rest, rest of, of your, your life, life to start, start as soon as possible. possible. Oh, that's not the pimpiest shit ever. And you, and you know what's what's amazing about the movie when you put it that way? Because uh, if you use anybody other than Billy Crystal, that probably doesn't get delivered. Because you said that's the pimpiest line ever. Right. But somebody who's so non-pimpish, that line I got one. For, I got genuine. it for you. You ready? Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you, I love you. <laughs> and when you realize you love somebody, ooh, and you want to spend the rest of your life with them, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you the rest of my life. I want to spend it with you. Ooh. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Any other comedians? Uh, fuck, any other comedians that could be so wrong? Damn, I wish I did a good Chris Rock. That wouldn't work either. I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And when you realize that you want to be in love with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Waitress, can you give her a cocktail for me, please? But hand it to me first on the low. <laughs> And that's how I get pussy. <laughs> uh, tune in next week when yeah, uh, when dude. Andy can hear other words, see his career fall further <laughs> in the shadows. Dude, when you know the best part about starting a career at my age, going into comedy at forty-two, and finally getting a little momentum in your fifties, right? I don't got shit anyway. What do I have to lose? To lose? I have nothing to lose. I mean, that might be true, but, you know. Yeah, but it, 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 there's a beauty in that. That I have nothing. To, like, I every, every week that I work is great. Right. But what could they take away from me? That's true. It's, it's very freeing, and I need to believe that so that I can right. say the shit that I really should be saying. Right. Um, but where are we now? We're going to be in... Uh, uh, Toledo. Uh, Toledo, Ohio. While you're listening to this right now, uh, while you're listening to this Wednesday, we'll be there only f- Friday and Saturday because Sunday is uh, is 4th of July. Right. Um, the white people's uh, 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 Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Carlos Mitchell, new Trap King, single by BL Lucky, produced by Zaytoven. Artist BL Lucky song, New Trap King Productions by Zay Tovin. Uh, Spotify, Be Lucky. YouTube, Be Lucky. Carlos Mitchell, BNG Management Team, 912-220-4494. I think they put all that in just so they won't get signed to Garbage Bag Productions. Uh, well, <laughs> nigga, if we hear this motherfucker and it ain't right, you on deck. Do we should... Uh we should go ahead and start that garbage bag production just in case. Yeah, we should. And yeah. the doctor is going to want his cut. <laughs> so you the CEO, Doc. Uh, BNG Management, MGMNT. Well, let me spell it out. BNG, MGMNT, 264 at gmail.com. This is New Trap King. Um, enjoy. Again, email Spears 45 hotmail for all the new listeners. Let us know how you feel. Get shit off your chest. And uh, there we go. All right, guys. See yep. you. See you next week. Yeah. True story, y'all were ballin' like Ori When niggas want to be super thugs just like Nori Damn near lost it all, come my plug out the party Niggas ran off, couple more niggas distorted I ain't in the race for it, I be trapping like the tortoise And I don't like people in my pockets, fuck the Forbes list Jeezy told you trap that blow, not snort it The new trap king, counting racks in my fortress I got the vendor trap, nigga be playing with racks yeah.
Muscle pack, strong herder was stronger than crack. Whoa. Big boss with the paper, my bands be taller than Shaq. Slide around with them sticks, we slide when chopping, that's facts. The cooler like a spaceship, but I'm not a space cadet. I'm in Cali taking trips, but I'm not a Lakers fan. Breaking down zips, I'm not keeping break a sweat. You could tell a nigga scrap body shit around my neck. Whoa. This a true story, y'all were ballin' like Ori. When niggas want to be super thugs, just like Nori. Damn near lost it all, come my plug got deported. Niggas ran off, couple more niggas distorted. I ain't in the race for it. I I be trapping like the tortoise, and I don't like people in my pockets. Fuck the Forbes list. Jeezy told you trap that blow, not snorted. The new trap king counting racks in my fortune. I'm a bully with a fully deal hoodies in the summertime. Sliding with a nine and nine to five, never crossed my mind. These niggas back was crisscrossing, giving bad vibes. The daddy Macca make it trap jump like Allen Ives. Just bought a B from Zayti. I coulda bought an AP. Bust down watches on freeze my plug. That's how I get pussy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>